Welcome to Heart Church. We believe that the gospel has the power to change your whole life or your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. So good to be with you, Heart Church. So privileged to have the opportunity of coming to share with you today from, from the Word of God. And uh, yes, as uh, Kezia has uh, mentioned, and uh, she's she doing an awesome job. So proud of the team here. We've got a phenomenal team at work here every single week. And uh, you just get to see what's on the platform. And these are guys are awesome, but we've got a whole heap of awesome people who are just working hard behind the scenes to deliver this service to you. So uh, yeah, just... Uh, Give them, a, give them a clap in the chat for us, would you? That would be awesome. And um, yeah, as Kezia mentioned, today we conclude our Inside Out series where over these last few weeks we've been looking at body, we've been looking at soul, and we've been looking at spirit. And uh, Lawrence uh, kicked us off with a phenomenal uh, uh preach about the, about the body and then we've had the soul uh, and uh, Wayne did amazing that and then Andy did a great job last week. Uh, if, you, if, you have been, if you've been helped um, by anything at all during these last few weeks as we've sought to share with you about body, soul and spirit, then uh, just let us know in the chat. That would be just so encouraging. And Andy kicked us off with such a great job uh, last week in regard to the spirit and I'm going to follow on uh, uh, from the the platform that he built. Um, I want to say though that this week is for all those who who wish they were more spiritual. Yeah, you know, this, this week is for those who always would want to be more spiritual but you know, they, um, they always feel like they're not doing quite as well as they would like. They're, I'm speaking today to the people who might be always looking at other people and thinking, I wish I was as spiritual as them. And uh, I want to I speak today, and this is, uh, this is something that I want to uh, share with you to get your attention. Uh, so I want to speak about a caterpillar Helium balloons and your best friend. A caterpillar, helium balloons and your best friend. One of the things that uh, Andy helped us understand last week was that, that we are spirit because we were made in the image of God and God is spirit. I think it's also important to to point out that we don't just have a spirit. We are spirit with a body and soul. First and foremostly, we're spirit. And uh, I can't, you know, I can't go into every detail of this, but let me just at least point you. Jeremiah 1 says this. He says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before, wherever you are right now, all over this city, all over the world, say before. Before you were formed in your mother's womb. That means before, before you were formed in your mother's womb, God 
knew, you were known. You were an entity that was known. Think about that. That's a powerful thought right there. So I am, I am spirit before I am body and soul. And the Bible teaches us that that spirit is dead in trespass and in sin because of what, because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden. Their disobedience in the garden of Eden caused both them to be disconnected from God and us to be disconnected from God. And that is why Jesus came. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. He came into the world because God loves, loved the world to restore the lost relationship with the Father. Let me read a, a verse from 1 Corinthians 15. And I'm going to read from the message version, which is a, a version of the Bible that uses contemporary language. And I just thought that um, because this is a kind of a, a complicated concept, this kind of breaks it down a little bit. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 45 to 49. And, and this is what the Bible says. It says, we follow this sequence in Scripture. The first Adam, that was the Adam in the garden with Eve, received life. The last Adam, that is Jesus, is a life-giving spirit. Physical life comes first, then spiritual. A firm base shaped from the earth, a final completion coming out of heaven. The first man was made out of earth and people since then are earthy. The second man was made out of heaven and people now can be heavenly. In the same way that we've worked from our earthly origins, let's embrace our heavenly ends. So Adam, the first Adam in the Garden of Eden, points to the flesh, the body that we are, but Jesus points to the spirit. And I, I think that as we speak about spirit today, it's really important that we understand that this is first and foremostly who and what we are. It's not just, it's not just the fact that I am a body and soul with a spirit that one day will be with Jesus. I want us to understand that the spirit takes preeminence. The, the spirit, all this is, is my spacesuit keeping me on the earth. That's what this is, this flesh. Because one day my spirit will go to be with Jesus. My spirit has been made alive through Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross. Jesus, the son of God. I am made of flesh and blood. But that flesh, the earthy part of me, is at war, the Bible says, with the Jesus part of me, the heaven part of me. When Paul, the apostle Paul, wrote to the Galatian church, this is what he said in Galatians 5 verse 17. He says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. 
The remedy to not gratifying the flesh, therefore, is to do what the verse before says, which is verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If we are truly going to live as spiritual beings, we've got to understand this war. We've got to understand it so that we can engage with it and it will help us understand what is going on. The sin and the flesh is something that is looking to to keep us small. Thank you, Fitz. A little microphone change there. So sin and the flesh wants to, if I can put it like this, keep me living like like a caterpillar, a small, limited, restricted life. So a caterpillar has life. You see, you like my little caterpillar there. A caterpillar, it it has life. It can crawl on the branch, but the the, the caterpillar has very limited uh, arena in which it can move. But, and, and that is actually where sin in the flesh wants to keep me, keeps me in that. But the thing is, that caterpillar has the capacity to be a butterfly. And look how far a butterfly can fly. It could, there are no boundaries. It can, it can fly wherever it wants to. The world of the caterpillar and the world of the butterfly are so completely, vastly different. And the bit that in between is the process of transformation. I love that. There's a caterpillar actually in the chat right now. That is awesome. Amazing. Some creative person out there. We also need a butterfly. We need some butterflies making a, making a, uh, a showing there. So, so if we can understand it, that the flesh and the devil want to keep us like that, limited like that caterpillar, but the process, the transformation, transformative process of salvation releases the butterfly that was there. Thank you, Joe Langford. That is awesome. Amazing. Now, this is the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, releasing the power, the potential that only the Spirit can give me. Left to myself, all I will be is that little caterpillar, but through and by the power of the Spirit, I have the capacity to be that butterfly and and enter a realm that I could never entered entered on my own. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say this because I want this, I want this to be something that you take away with you. I'm trying to, I want to equip you so that this becomes more than just a message, but, but helps you to embrace some, some kind of fairly complex but necessary concepts. And if you can say this after me, say after me, whatever you feed will lead. As simple as that. Whatever you feed will lead. Wherever you are, in your living room, wherever you are, still in bed, I don't know, but just say it. Whatever you feed will lead. Or you can even personalize it. Whatever I feed will lead. In other words, if you feed your flesh life, if you pander to the flesh life, it will lead and dominate your life. The flesh tells you that God isn't good enough. The flesh tells you 
that what you really need, what will really meet your need, is to eat that, to watch this, to read the other, to type that into Google, because that's what really will satisfy you. That's what will meet your immediate need. This is how the devil tempted Eve in the garden by appealing to her flesh to go with what looks good and feels good and to get her to think that she actually knows better than God. The flesh will always lead you to a place where you think you know better than God. This is actually what I need right now. But I need to tell you right now, the flesh is not good. It is anger. It is arguing. It is unforgiveness. It is revenge. It is hatred. It is lying. It is cheating. It is selfishness. It is lust. It is jealousy. It is not good. And if it's those things you feed, they will lead. Let me put it this way. If you were genuinely, I mean, I'm talking about genuinely, genuinely serious about wanting to lose some weight. And I don't know, you had, a, you had an Instagram, I don't even know if it exists, called Delicious Desserts. I know you're trying to, you're trying to lose weight, but Delicious Desserts is posting pictures and notifying you saying, you know, you want me several times a day. If you're really serious about trying to lose weight, you would unfollow them. You should unfollow them or at least put them on mute or something because you are being demotivated by a voice that is seeking to derail your mission. That's what the flesh does. It's that inner voice that is seeking to derail God's plan for your life and ultimately keep you out of heaven. I want to say, we don't need to follow the flesh. We need to unfollow the flesh because what you feed will lead. Now that, I hope, therefore helps you understand why we need to be deliberate and intentional about feeding the spirit part of us because what we feed will lead. Because whatever we feed will be stronger and have the louder voice. So how do we feed the spirit? I hear you say, I'm glad you asked. Living by the Spirit is not just following a set of rules. I don't know, like, you know, go to church, read your Bible, try not to sin, try to be kind. You know, just following a set of rules. God doesn't offer us rules. He offers us relationship through Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. Not a list of rules that we've got to follow. The hymn writer said this, what a friend I have. 
in Jesus. Psalm 23 says, I think we all know this, the Lord is my shepherd. The most common word for shepherd is taken from the root word ra'a, ra'a in Hebrew. This makes me sound intelligent when I say that. I'm going to say it again. Ra'a, that is the extent of my Hebrew, uh, almost. Which also means best friend. That's why the Passion Translation, and I love it, in, in Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd and my best friend. And I want us to understand that that is the premise. That is the way I'm to to think about my walk with Jesus. He's not just looking at what I'm not. He's not just looking at how I'm failing. He is my best friend. We wouldn't follow any friend who was telling us how rubbish we were doing, how we were failing, how we were not making it. We wouldn't follow them. But Jesus is not that friend. He is our best friend. Our a best friend is someone who is for you, who is with you through thick and thin, who is walking through the ups and downs of life. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with me. There is nothing He's not just a fair weather friend. Jesus is my best friend and Jesus is your best friend. Think about that for a moment. Jesus is your best friend. A best friend doesn't always tell you what you want to hear. A best friend will tell you what you need to hear. A best friend will look out for what's best for you. So if we feed the spiritual, then what we feed Will lead. Now I was trying to think how to how to, to get this across. I mean, right, right, you know you know what a helium balloon is. I think most of us know it. If you're a parent parent and you have bought a helium balloon and they ain't cheap, and you give it to your child and you say hold on to that, and then the next thing is you, the child's crying and that helium balloon is leaving the universe. Um, interesting fact about uh, helium is that it is the second lightest element on earth. There's only hydrogen that is lighter and helium actually defies gravity and leaves the earth and disappears into space. Wow. Wow. So so when you see those balloons at that wedding or at that birthday party, they are trapping helium and they are stopping it going into space because the moment it leaves that Balloon, it is going into space. It is that light. It defies that gravity. Why am I pointing that out? I, I think because somehow the, the, balloon, the balloon helps us understand that it floats because it has something inside it that is reaching for another realm. Oh, I feel like I want to just do a, fr- a praise break right there. My God. My God, it has got something inside it that is reaching for another realm. I could take it even a stage further that, you know, I'm not recommending you try it, but those of us who've taken that helium balloon and and we end up speaking like Donald Duck, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Helium actually even changes the way you sound. So it, it, It's something inside you that is reaching for another realm, but it also changes the way you sound. Let me say it like this. Feeding my spirit is about getting something into me from 
another realm. My God, is somebody out there doing a praise dance right now in their living room? I hope you are. That is awesome. Something inside me, something that is from another realm, reaching, reaching out to another realm. And, and that thing can actually change the way I sound. Now, I'm not saying that we all go around sounding like Donald Duck now. I'm not saying that. But you understand what I'm saying? That, 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 that spirit has the power to change not only the way I carry myself, but the way I sound. You see, when Jesus left his disciples on earth, those disciples didn't even have a Bible. I mean, we've got a Bible. We've got a Bible on our phone. We've got a physical Bible. But they did not even have a Bible. But what was in them was powerful enough to change the world. Now, they didn't have a Bible, but they did devote themselves to some things that fed and strengthened their spirit. And you can find that in Acts 2 verse 42. Those first Christians, it says this, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Let me say that again. They devoted themselves to the the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, of course, the apostles' teaching eventually did become the New Testament. Prayer and breaking of bread was a place, uh, was a place of fellowship with the Lord. And I want to point that out because I believe that it's possible to do both without fellowshipping with the Lord. But prayer and breaking of bread was intended to be a place of fellowship with the Lord, not just a religious ritual. It was about connection to God and fellowship with one another. Now I'm going to also, I'm also going to, although it wasn't explicitly said there, I'm going to throw it in because it is implicit, because worship is all part of that, um, connection. In fact, there's no other commandment in the Bible that, that appears more often than, than to sing to the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to some of this on Vision Sunday. But for today, let me just focus on that breaking uh, of bread part of it. Because it was, it was the Last Supper. I understand that, but it was a meal. It was a meal. First Corinthians 11 verses 24 to 26. And I'm going to read it from the, the message version. Again, it says, let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. I received my instructions from the Master Himself and passed them on to you. The Master Jesus, on the night of His betrayal, took bread, having given thanks, He broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, he took the same thing with the, sorry, he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the master returns. 
You must never let familiarity breed contempt. Now, this is where I just want to, I want to just focus us on a moment that, that this was a meal. Jesus used an ordinary meal, an ordinary everyday occurrence to draw his disciples' attention to himself. He made that ordinary meal a place of fellowship and friendship. I want to I say that they, Jesus just he, he, he used what was there. He took, he took the, 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 the emblems of that meal and he said, look, this, this is stuff we've been eating, but, but take this and remember, remember me. I also want to draw your attention to the fact that he got them, he got them to understand that they were doing something with their body, they were eating, but they were also doing something with their mind, they were remembering. They were eating, they were remembering. They were eating, they were remembering. It was a point of focus. I want to say that you'll never fellowship with God in the way that you could or should if you have a distracted and darting mind. When when the disciples sat there that night, it was quiet. They didn't have smartphones, phones or Instagram or Netflix or the radio. They didn't have headphones in listening to music. I need us to understand if we're going to truly learn to fellowship with God, then we're going to have to find a way of dialing down the volume of our lives. That's both the external noise and the internal chatter. We're going to have to learn to to tune our ear to the promptings of His Spirit. And that happens through relationship. You know, my wife and I have nearly been, hey babe, at home there. Um, we've been married for, for nearly 36 years. And, uh, you know, we talk, we talk, when we go out on a date, we talk. We, we were not, we, not like that couple I was observing, I, be, I became like a weird stalker because I couldn't believe these two, were, these two young people were out on a date. And they were on a date, but they were both on their phones talking to someone else on a date. What are you doing? I wanted, to, I wanted to go up to them and say, what are you doing? You need to be here with each other. But let me tell you something. My, my wife and I don't need to talk the whole time because we've learned how to be with each other. We've, we've learned, we have, we have learned, we've developed a connection that isn't just about doing, it's being. And I want to say that we need to, we need to, we need to learn, just as I'm sensitive to her, that can only come with the passing of time. We need to learn to be sensitive to God. Take time to remember in the ordinary, everyday places. Take a moment where we turn our attention towards Jesus. 
You know, you know, like taking it right down. I remember, like, you know, some of you know, years ago, used to be a hairdresser, crazy busy day. You know what I mean? I mean, we have crazy busy days at church. I know some of you don't believe it, but it is true. And, and, and you know, that the, the only place you could find a little bit of peace and quiet was, was in the bathroom. And I just used to go to the bathroom and say, oh, Jesus, help me. I, I love you. I need you. I worship you. You're amazing. Just, just take a moment while I was using the bathroom to turn that place, to turn the bathroom into a church for a moment. They were, they, 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 these early disciples learned that when, when you get together, remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. Make, make a meal a moment of reflection. And I'm, I'm talking to you. If, you. if you're one of those out there right now who just doesn't consider yourself spiritually, finds it difficult to do spiritual things, I'm trying to set you up here because, you know, listen, hey, you know, we, I, we've, we've, we've brought up four kids. We know what, we know what saying grace at, at mealtimes can be. You know, like uh, sometimes with my kids, you, they have to say grace, for, thank God for what they had eaten, not what they were about to eat. But, you know, I said, you know, it's, they used to say, thank you, Jesus, for this dinner, amen. I mean, they couldn't have said it quicker, you know, however they tried. But I'm not talking about that. But, but maybe, maybe it's a point of connection. You don't just go through and say, oh, thanks, thank you, Jesus, for this meal. But you say, God, thank you. Thank you, you've provided for me. There are so many people who go without. Thank you for the people who've grown this food. Thank you. You have blessed me today. Thank you for the hands that have prepared this food. Thank you for the health, the strength. Thank you. It's a moment, just a moment of connection, a moment of engagement. We can, we can find a song. I, wanna, I haven't got time to talk about it, but I think everyone, it doesn't matter what your voice sounds like, everyone should take an opportunity to sing. Time and time again, the Bible says, sing to the Lord. It doesn't say, listen to people singing to the Lord. It says, sing. There's something about the action of singing, about, or even just speaking words of adoration. Pray in a brief, a brief moment of prayer as you walk across a car park, as you walk to the shops, as you just find a way of saying, God, I love you. Thank you for my family. Bless my son. Bless my friend who's battling that situation right now. Oh God, thank you. Hi, morning. Are you okay? Yeah. It, it's just learning to live with those micro moments of connection. That if you keep doing them, they will all add up in the day. Jesus said, remember me. When he was taking them through that meal, he kept saying, remember me. When you do this, remember me. Set, set yourself up to remember him. I mean, goodness me, you use your phone for all kinds of things. You've got an alarm on there. What, what would it look like if you set yourself up a reminder four times a day, three times a day? Set yourself an alarm just to give yourself 15 seconds of, of connection and remembrance until you've formed that habit. Because this is about friendship. It's about fellowship. For too many of us, the sum total of our relationship with God is that they only ask Him for help. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Jesus died for something better, for, better than that. He died for friendship. My walk with God 
is about creating opportunities to connect with the Holy Spirit. Opening up to receive that holy helium that is reaching for another realm. Remember that what you feed will lead. What would this week look like? Indeed, what would the rest of this day look like? If you just took a moment every now and again to turn inwardly to Jesus. To take your eyes off that problem and to connect with Him who is eternal. That which is in you. Reaching for. Longing for. Another round. Oh God. Oh God. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. My God. And the things of the earth of His glory and grace. Can you sing it with me? Right where you are. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Holy Spirit, I pray that in this moment as you minister, all around this city in every place in every nation that is looking in in this moment I believe that you're touching people's hearts and touching people's minds and I pray that you will do something in them that will cause them to reach for another realm give them moments of connection micro moments of connection that deepen and strengthen their relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.